What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to the Power Company Podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. Today is a rewind back to a conversation first published in January of 2017 with father, husband, climber, and all-around amazing human, Craig DiMartino. We chose this episode to air today because it was 21 years ago this week that a miscommunication at the anchors of a route in Rocky Mountain National Park resulted in Craig falling 100 feet to the ground, luckily slowed by hitting a dead tree that flipped him upright, but still breaking both legs and ankles, his back, his neck, puncturing a lung, rupturing arteries, and ultimately resulting in, 18 months later, making the decision to amputate one of his legs. And I sat down with Craig at his house to talk about limitations and how we perceive them, how they either hold us back or propel us forward, and some of the surprising things he's learned from having to rebuild himself as a climber. In this conversation, we talk about several things you can find links to at the blog post in your show notes. And maybe most conspicuously, we don't detail the accident at all. If you want to know more about it, there's an excellent episode of the Enormacast, episode 11, I believe, that you should listen to. And there's also a really well done video called Craig's Reaction from Evolve that tells the story. And at that blog post, you'll find links to both of those, as well as Craig's website, a film series called The Season that we mention in here, and Craig's book, After the Fall. So now, 21 years after an accident that changed his life forever, we are going to rewind to this great conversation with Craig DiMartino. Let's get into it. So the accident was 2002. So hit the ground July of 2002, and then surgery after surgery, surgeries in and out of the hospital. And then in 2003 in December, the doctor was just like, you're, it's not going to heal. And so what do you want to do? You can't, and no more, you're not going to be able to climb. And I was like, Egh. so talked to Cindy and talked to a couple people who had cut their leg off and were semi-active again. I love that you say that so nonchalantly, <laughs> cut their leg off. And was, one of the powerful moments hearing you talk is is talking about this Sharpie moment yeah, oh yeah. on your leg. Yeah. And to me, that I imagine for you, that represents a, like a turning point. Yeah. That's when you get to that, you know, you're at that fork and you, you don't have to go down, right? Because it's, it's elective. But I kept thinking, you know, do I want to climb? Do I want to be outside? Do I want to be doing the things that I right. want to do? And so you sign your name on your leg and you've, you've committed. Because I mean, really, up till that point, you're not committed. You're you're talking about it. You're, it's it's semi real, but it's not all the way real. Right. When you sign on it, that's really your last official act for that that limb. And so you, because once you sign it, they knock you out. And you know, when you wake up, it's it's gone, and then you can't back it up. But to me, it became such an objective thing. It was just like 
my body is not working the way I need it to work. And so how, how can I, how can I kind of help it along this road to get me back to where I want to be? And that was, that was what I had to do. So it wasn't, it was weird and hard, but once I got to that part, it was like, yeah, this is good. I'm ready now. So. Yeah. And, and what I want to kind of dig into with you today is I don't know whether to call it, overcoming limitations or ignoring Mm. limitations or just no limitations. I don't know. (laughs) I don't really know what to call it. How do you, you know, when you made that decision, when you signed your leg and said, yeah, let's, let's cut this thing off. How did you, how did you think of the next step? Like, was it, am I going to overcome limitations or or was it, I'm just not going to have limitations. I'm just going to keep going with what I do. I think it was a, a combination of all that. It wasn't one thing me saying, I'm not going to be limited or, mm-hmm. or that. It wasn't that conscious of a decision. It was more that I looked at my leg. I looked at, I, you know, I have a fused back, I have a fused neck. I have all this chronic stuff in my body. Right. I thought, okay, this isn't going to work. So I'm going to cut the leg off and then see what I can do. It, it was just more of a, I want to curious person by nature, I think. And so I'm like, okay, let's see what this is going to do. I never thought, yeah, I'm going to go climb in the valley or I'm never, I didn't have a plan. It was just, I'd like to try to climb again. You knew there were going to be challenges ahead. Correct. And you were willing to face those. Yeah. And like Cindy and I talked about it a lot and we'd been married a long time at that point. And she said to me, you know, if you don't want to climb again, I totally get that. But she's like, but if you, if you want to climb again, I totally get that too, because she's been a climber as long as I have. So it was like, am I ready to take this thing out of my life that is basically my DNA and just ignore it? And and that was more the driving force for me. It was like, the, I can't ignore that. And I wanted to decide that. I didn't want the accident to be the thing that kept t- taking from me, because up until that point, it was. Whereas the leg, I kind of look at that as it's the first step that I took positively towards recovery because I could interesting I could yeah. just move yeah so so it wasn't just that you were and here's the here's why I'm having a tough time putting this into words <laughs> because you know I'm not in that situation and it's so easy for all of us to if we have a finger injury you know feel sorry for ourselves like oh I don't get to climb for six months you know I have to rest and right. I just went through a shoulder surgery last year right. and it was six months before I could really climb again and it, during that time, I talked to Ramvai, who you're friends with as well, and it really put everything into perspective yep. for me. Like, man, this is such a minor setback, you know? And looking at your decision-making process, you had a major setback, a, a big one. And having to decide, oh, I'm going to cut my leg off, and that's a positive step. Right. That seems outlandish to me you know I, I can't even imagine it but i guess when you're in those in that circumstance you know we we tend to rise to the occasion That's, and it's like it's like i can look at your shoulder you did your shoulder because you knew you had to right so that you can move forward right so you you did the same thing it's just you did it inside instead of out so and, and on a much lower scale <laughs> yeah i mean but it's like an injury is <laughs> an, be, let's an be injury honest here. <laughs> i think an injury is an is an injury. Like I, I we're talking to Ron Bay a lot, obviously, and, and seeing her injuries, it's like, they're, they're all bad. You know, yeah. there's not, not a good injury out there. Right. And I think sometimes the stuff that is 
chronic in you, like my finger is hurt. It's funny that you said that. So my middle finger is is always sore. And I'm like, that is a pain to me. Like, yeah. that's like, yeah, God, God dang it, that sucks. thing won't heal. Like what is going <laughs> on? And those are, those are, I think sometimes hard to deal with. Whereas like the big ticket ones, like you, you know, you rip your labrum apart and you gotta fix it. That's right. a big surgery. That's a lot of rehab. That's, mm-hmm. And then, and I think the big thing is the unknown. Um, do, can I come back from that? And, uh, and for me, I had no idea. I just figured it, I'm not gonna know if I can come back unless I do something. So I might right. as well do it and find out and go slow and see how it goes. And, and for me, it was very, I was fortunate that I had a good support group around me. My wife is super, and I super think that's supportive. huge it's, to have. It's gigantic. Yeah. Um, Ron Vey the same way. I mean, she had her husband Nathan, and and then I we've had friends in the climbing community, yeah. as you know. That the tribe is incredibly supportive. It really um, is. So I I, ha- I kind of feel like I had all the positive stuff in a row for me to to kind of get back out there and see what was going to happen. Well, let's talk. About, let's go back to that time, like when you when you were out of surgery, mm. you're thinking about going climbing again. That first time you went out climbing, did you have a, a prosthetic already to to try out and see what it was like? I know you had to develop a, a climbing foot yeah. for it, but. We, uh, well, the, so the first time I went was probably eight months after the accident. I, my foot was still in a cast. Um, I, had, I was out of the back brace, I was out of the neck brace. Um, had done like 11 surgeries yeah. and we went to Lander. Oh, that's right. I remember hearing yeah, that. Went to Wild Iris. Yeah. And that wasn't, uh, it was, it was terrifying. It was just like, we were on the, at the OK Corral on the end of the OK Corral on a 5.8. My daughter climbed it. Just, she was probably seven at the time. Yep. She kind of hikes right up it and she caught me off guard because when she came down, she just said, do you want to climb? And I was like, yeah, you know, let's see what happens. And I tied in and the climbing felt hard. It felt really awkward. Um, the cast climbed like crap, as you can imagine. Yeah. And getting to the anchor was just absolutely terrifying again, just to let go. And um, that was like, okay, that was interesting. But I kind of kept repeating that over time, over probably the next year. And then thinking, okay, that this leg's not going to work. I can't take it out of the cast, so right. I can't really climb on it. So what do I do with it? And once I amputated, then I was back, I think four months after. With a, I didn't have a prosthetic that had a climbing foot on it. I just put a climbing shoe on my fake foot. Yeah. And um, I climbed like that for a while. And then the guys who make my leg said, well, we'll make one out of titanium. Mm-hmm. Make it shorter because you got when a full-size foot, it moves around too much because sure. yeah, you can't control the toes. Yep. And so we made a titanium one and I climbed on that for probably two years and realized, okay, this this isn't probably going to be the best idea. But I mean, I climbed El Cap, El Cap twice with that and climbed, you know, sport routes outside over steep yeah. stuff. I mean, again, it worked. Again, back to this nonchalant, I climbed El Cap yeah. twice in that <laughs> yeah. titanium leg. Yeah, titanium leg worked great. Um, <laughs> got stuck in cracks really bad. That was the only downside to that leg was like, God, I'd get in a hand crack and just be like swallowed. Oh, yeah. And so that slowed our times down a couple of times. So times. the first limitation was psychological. Yeah. And was mental. Yeah. And then you you worked your way through that while you still had the leg. Correct. And then you cut the leg off. Yeah, because like psychologically, I think what you have to do is you have to get to a point where you know this is as good as it's going to get. So what's my quality of life? Right. And is that the quality of life I want 
for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And on no day could I answer that as a yes. It was always, no, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to be sitting, I don't want to be just like, well, I, I did all these really cool things and now I don't do them anymore. And I would look at Cindy and she would be going climbing. I'd look at our friends, they'd be going climbing. And I'd think, I want to do that. Yeah. So you're like, let's you know? figure out a yeah. way to how do, make what this do I do? happen. So that's pain-free as much as possible. Pain-free and just like what's gonna work long term. Cause everything yeah. up till that point was kind of short-term fixes. Like we're right. gonna we're gonna put screws in and we're gonna put plates in and that's fine, but then they don't work long term. So it's like what's going to work long-term for me? And that's when somebody said, well, you can amputate your leg. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, really? What's that like? And uh, then meeting some guys who had done it and like I said, who were reasonably active and they talk about being ambulatory. Um, that's like the, the mark they set for everyone. And yeah. I was like, well, I don't really want to be ambulatory. Like I want to be able to throw a pack on and hike to a cliff right. and climb. And I want to so, go beyond this. Yeah, I'd like to know what, what is past ambulatory. And they were just like, yeah, we don't know. Good yeah. luck. And that's what's remarkable. You know, you you just jumped into it without knowing what the end result might be. Naive. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's maybe naive that's a big is, part of it. Naive is a good know? word, yeah. For sure. If if you don't know, then you don't know what to ask. And yeah. so you just go, Oh, okay. Let's see what, see happens. what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know, I think maybe climbing prepares you for that a little bit yeah. because that's that's sort of what we do every day. It's like on site in a route. It's yeah. like I I'm gonna go another couple feet higher and see what I see and then oh hey look at that I can keep moving and yeah. and that's exactly how it worked too like even the very first time I talked to you know so I got my leg kind of under control and was climbing had the metal foot made and that's how I was talking to Hans Florin uh, mm-hmm. just happened to email him and ask him for some speed climbing tips for this comp I was going to enter and that is he was just like he wasn't just supportive like he was like over the top supportive, like, oh my gosh, what do you need? Come Hans kind of does everything over Dude, the top. Dude, he just so. was like jumping right <laughs> in, you know? He's like, come out to the valley, we'll climb El Cap together. Awesome. We'll do it in a day. You need to be the first amputee. And and I'm just sitting there going, well, what the hell is this guy? Like, this is insane. And that was pretty, pretty much how my whole experience has been to, to this day. I, I just meet these great people who are, who are able to say, yeah, let, how can we support you? And how can we help you? And you're going to do X, Y, Z. We want to help you do that. So it's just been like an exploration more than anything. Just see what happens, see how it works. And sometimes it works. And as you know, and Mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't, and that's fine too. I learn a lot from, from the missteps as well as, as the successes. So definitely, I think you have to, um, one of the, one of the things I found really cool, um, I think I saw it in the season watching, you know, some of your episodes of the season, and uh, you had had this list of things you wanted to do and wanted to repeat. That's how the list started. Yeah. And then you found yourself able to do things that you hadn't been able to do when you had two legs. You know, and I think that's really interesting, making that, that jump into, I'm not just going to be what I was before. I'm going to be better than I was before. Right. You know, and... And I think that's tough, even like we were talking about before, when it's a small injury, you know, you think, oh, it's, I'm done, you know, I've done the best I can do. Um, but getting past that's a huge thing, you know, and I'm sure that was a slow process, but do you remember a moment when you had this mental shift of, oh, wait a minute, I'm repeating all this stuff. I can, I think I can do harder. Yeah, I, I absolutely, the first list was 10 climbs. Yeah. And so we kind of motored through the, 
first eight or so, and they were none of them, you know, at that point before I got hurt, I would kind of red point probably 12A ish, 12B ish. Mm -hmm. That was about it. Because I just didn't try that hard. I was like, I could get there pretty quickly. Like I could almost on site to that level. And I was like, yeah, that's really, I'm fine with that. That's, that's cool. Mm, a little and, complacent. In yeah. It. You know, it's yeah. comfortable. I it's liked easy it. To do that. And I was moving outside. I was feeling happy about that. So then I get hurt and I realized like just to climb five, eight, I have to work really hard. And right. then to climb five, nine, five, 10, all the way up through the grades. And then all of a sudden in part of the list, one of the climbs was uh, about 11 D. And I get to that and I'm like, this is going to be interesting. Get on it. And I realize I, I can do the moves, but I can't link anything because my leg is kind of skating all over the place. And I'm trying to figure out body position, new body mechanics, all that stuff. And I do it. And I'm like, well, no, wait. So I was trying probably halfway hard. Like I, I knew I wasn't bearing down all the way because right. I was like, <clears throat> I don't know that I've bared down all the way ever. Like I, yeah, that's I, tough. It is like, and you and you have to be able to look at yourself and say, "Have you? Like, have you really tried?" Right. And I was like, "I don't know that I have." So then I'm like, "Well, I wonder what happens if I now with this body and this leg, if I really do bear down and try, what's that going to look like?" Mm -hmm. And so then I started to. That was like a, a switch for me, like a like a big, almost like a light switch. Like I'm going to now try hard. And Cindy said, she's like, I could see it in you. She's like, all of a sudden, like, I don't climb plastics real well. I, I mean, I can climb it okay. I can hold yeah. my own, but it's like, it's not my favorite medium. For sure. And I'm with she, you. Right. It's like, I use it for training. Yeah. That's what I use it yeah. for. And she's like, you know, when I see you climb in the gym, she's like, it's almost not the same person I see climb outside. Cause she's like, when you get outside, she's like, you flick a switch and she's like, you will go. And she's like, doesn't matter what the gear's like. It doesn't matter where the bolts are. You just go. And I can do that in my head now. And before I couldn't do that. Cause I really didn't have to, cause I was right. strong enough to hold on and go, eh, I'll just figure it out. Yeah. And you were, you were climbing at a level high enough that you could just be like, Oh, I'm good. You can almost fake it. You know, right. Yeah. You're just kind of like, I'll show up, I'll do it. It's going to be, I loved mm -hmm. it. It was really fun. But then all of a sudden I started trying harder and cause my body would give me like this small window of time. Like, okay, you can try hard <laughs> from 11 to two and then right. you're going to shut down. So yeah. you better try hard in that two hour period. And that's what I started doing was just like these small windows of, I'm going to give it a hundred percent and see what happens. And I started punching up through grades then. And all of a sudden I'm like, man, like kind of wish I'd have been doing this all along. Cause I might've been a little further up on right. the curve here. And, uh, and that just, that was a big game-changing switch in my brain of just, okay, I'm going to try really hard for 85 feet and see what happens. And now I'm not going to take, I'm, I'm going to fall. If I fall, fine, but I'm not going to just stop at a bolt because I'm tired. It's like I'm going to punch through and just see where I get to. And yeah. you know how that is. Like every now and again, you hit the, you, you're like, I'm going to go one more move and see what happens. And you're yeah. like, hey, look at that. I'm still on the rock. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was the shift for me of, of, okay, my body's going to only do this for so long. Let's see what it'll actually do now. Man, maybe we need to call this thing using limitations because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. because that's really what you're doing. You know, you, you see these limits and you're like, oh, I'm going to use that to push me right. to try harder or to make a really tough decision right. or, you know, whatever it is, you're using those limitations to, you have to for, recognize for positivity. Them. You yeah. have to recognize them. You have to look at something and I think be able to say, Right there's the right there's the wall, 
And so I want to get I want to get as close to that as I can before I get hurt, but I want to get right up against it mm-hmm. and see what happens. Because that's where I that's where I've learned the most. That's when, you know, like yesterday we were at this route that we Cindy was working it. I had done it, so I put the draws on it and then the route to the next to the right of it, I was going to work on that one and I was maxed so hard. Um, and I told her when we drove home, I was like, that is as close to it as I've been to blowing my fingers out on, on a route yeah. ever. Like I was pulling so hard. Like, it's like, that is the, that's my limit right now. But I was like, I want to see if I can get to that curve that right at the limit and then back it down a little bit. And so I don't get injured, but yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of exciting. It's kind of fun. It is. And you realize what your body can and cannot do. And I think that's valuable information to have. Yeah. I had a really, I had a really similar moment when I was coming back from the shoulder injury when uh, Nate, who you just met, mm-hmm. texted me and asked me, and I've said this on the podcast before, but it's it's really relevant here. He texted me and asked me, how many times a session do you give 100%? Hmm. And I thought about it for a while. And I had actually been working on learning to give 100% because as a Red River route climber, my go-to was relax mode. Right. Give as little as possible to make it happen. Hold on just enough. You know, and I finally answered him zero to three. You know, even when I'm trying to give 100%, I can step back down and say, I don't think I was giving 100% there. You know, I don't think my core was completely tight or whatever. And learning to do that was really important. And I don't think I would have come across that had it not been for, you know, the shoulder injury that made me become a lot more mindful of what I was doing. And and it sounds like you did the same, you know, learning to try really hard. Is there some, is, are there other things you've learned about climbing that you've recognized since you had to do it with just one leg? So my, I used to, before I, got hurt what i would do is like i was i think like everybody else like you look at a a route or a problem and you'd be like i'm having trouble doing that because i'm not strong enough i'm too short i'm too tall i can't bend that way right i could probably tell you four different reasons why i couldn't do it yeah we, we've all got our list of excuses right. at the Here ready at all check, times check, check. Yeah. you know and and what i realized like after and and a lot of this came from i would i started to work with folks who were like in the hospital Right. So they're going to cut their leg off or their arm off or something. And I'd go and talk to them. So we'd have these conversations where they're talking to me about how fortunate I am and, and able to be back out there and so excited for me. And wow, this is great. And I started thinking, oh, you know what? I, I am pretty damn lucky. Like to go through what I went through, um, the list of injuries is, is so long, uh, spinal yeah. cord injury still and all this fun it's stuff crazy. Like where I can't feel. So I have the prosthetic. I can't feel my other foot because of the spinal cord injury I have. Can't feel my fingertips. So you've, most you've days. got no sensitivity in the other mm, foot. Either. I can if you if you hit it hard, I can feel yeah. it. But like light touch. So if but I'm like stepping toes, on a little edge, you can't feel. Yeah, that I have at all. to. I climb by sight. I just look at everything. Wow. And then my hands, because the way I broke my neck, um, they don't. I can't close all the way. So like I can crimp pretty good, and I right. can hand jam. But like they don't. They're just not as dexterous. So right. I was like. Okay, so I have this, I can look at that list and be like, well, I can't do this because of these things. What I, right. it gave me this perspective of, you know what though, but you can do it if you want to. If you really want to go do it, mm-hmm. you could do it. So it doesn't matter if your foot doesn't work. It doesn't matter if your hands don't work. If you really want to do it, you'll probably figure out a way to do it. And that's what I started to adopt as my mentality of, 
I'm not going to be able to climb this the way I used to climb, which would be to just thug my way through it. I'm actually going to have to use footwork. I'm going to actually have to use some technique and some body position. Right. And climbing, I think, is a great teacher of that, of, of okay, where's your body right now? Should yep. it be there? Um, should your toe be over there? Should it be up another inch? And that, yep. those are things I never paid attention to. I would just get in there and be like, ah, and just go. And you can do that to a certain level, I think, but then you hit the wall pretty hard yeah. and you stop and you yep. stop improving. And that was for me, to, my body would just be like, yeah, we, <laughs> we're not going to do that. So you can either let go or we're going to tear, something's going to break. And right. so I would like, let go. Cause initially when I went back, I went back the same way. Like I'm going to climb the way I did. That was what the list was all about was yep. I'm going to go do these climbs no matter what. Well, some you of get them back I, to the old me. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, two things I realized really quick, the old me is gone. Yep. Right. And you have to say goodbye to that person. And the new me is, has got to learn this sport again. Yeah. So it was and like, can be an improved version. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like 2.0 and it's, it's like, okay, what were you doing wrong? Okay, you never used your feet. You always tried to force stuff instead of just like reading the route, like looking at the route and going, okay, here's where this is going to send me. I'm going to, I'm going to use that. And it's interesting that you're learning to use your feet by losing a off. leg and not having the feeling in <laughs> the other foot. Cutting. Yeah. Cindy, Cindy says all the time, she's like, man, before you got hurt, she's like, your footwork sucked. And she's <laughs> like, now she's like, you actually use your feet. And she's like, you know, the I, I can tell you what my prosthetical stick on because I, just from practicing and so testing much it. To it exactly. Now. Cause yeah. now I pay attention to it. Like if I'm doing any kind of stepping through or flagging, or I can tell you right where it's going to be good and where it's probably going to spit off. And so you, you just learn like, Oh, my mechanics are so different now. I have to pay attention to this and I have yeah. to be a better climber. And I think that the accident did that. It made me a better, more well-rounded climber than I would have probably ever been had I not gotten hurt. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I had never thought of it until just right now, but you know, all those old school guys who climbed in like board lasted shoes <laughs> yeah. had this amazing footwork, you know. Maybe I need to start putting my clients in like old Boreal just aces. Junky mountain boots, yeah, man. Yeah, for real. Put them it's, in Timberlands and have them. You you don't realize <laughs> like how how much your feet can do. Somebody just said to me yesterday, they were saying, if you're, if like, you have to pay attention to the amount of core tension in your body in the yeah. middle, but you also have to pay attention to how much that is pushing much, down on your toes. And how much pressure you're putting in And that when foot, you're letting yeah. it off and when you're not letting it off. Yep. And I was like, gosh, that's so true. Like a lot of times I'll forget and you know, my footwork will slide or something. Yep. And it's because I'm not keeping the tension all the way through. And with having a fused back, I'm fused my lumbar one through four. So you, you have this, for me anyway, it keeps me more upright, which right. actually helps my core. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like this, I can kind of cheat it a little bit. I can kind of slide down on my hardware a little bit and kind of let right. it pull me in. But then it also, if I'm trying to buck out of it real quick, you don't bend as well. So then yep. it's kind of a bit of a hindrance there. But it's like all the things that they've put in me or taken off of me, I've used in as a tool kind of to, to help my climbing be better. Cause like the hardware I use. Well, and you should for sure. Yeah, you have to. Um, Cause if you just go, oh God, this is horrible, then it'll be horrible. Yeah. And and I'm a big proponent of just saying every day, I mean, make the choice every day. Okay, this is gonna be a good day or a bad day. It's either one, cause there's days I feel like crap as we all do. But For sure. Especially as you get older. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just like, 
stuff just hurts. That's my number one excuse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, oh, I'm this old. Is, this is not an old man problem. This like, is a this that. is a young man sport. That's what I always <laughs> say, man. It's like, damn. Um, they're ten, like our sons. His fingers don't ever hurt. He's like, yeah. Why would my fingers hurt? I'm like, yeah. Just wait. Yeah. But and you know it is a young man sport, but it's also an old man sport. So it's an old. Yeah, I think it's a. I, man, I think like the the more you climb, I've climbed for thirty years now. The more I climb, the more I look at it and I go, God, there's so much I don't know. Oh yeah, no doubt. So much, you know. And I talk no to a question. person like you who knows training so well and is able to 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 apply that. I'm just I'm in awe of that because I go, damn, I don't know any of that. Like that is just amazing. But see, I think you do. I think, and that's why I, that's why I'm having this conversation with you now because I want to. You know, and I have these conversations with all sorts of people because I want to. I want to take what you're good at and learn from it. You know, mm. because that's part of training. That's part of progression in this sport is using your limitations. You know, you may not ever go into the gym and systematically train, but if you can stop making the excuse and use that limitation and turn it into a positive, then you're going to progress. And I keep telling, I tell people this all the time, um, whether they're climber who got hurt or there's just, they just got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I say, you, you're going to have limitations. They're going to tell you what they are right away. Yep. You can listen to it and you can acknowledge it, but then you can throw it out the window too. And that's what I choose to do is I go, okay, there's my limitation. I understand that. I understand that my leg doesn't work. I understand that I have all these problems. But if you really want to go do it, you just figure out a different way. And yeah. I think as climbers, we kind of gravitate towards what we're good at. Everybody does it. You know, I'm really good at pinching, so I'm just going to do those problems. Sure. Well, I suck at whatever. I, that's probably where I should be applying myself. Mm-hmm. And, and that came from the accident as well for me, where I was like, you know what? My footwork sucks. I probably need to get better on my feet. So I forced myself to do that. And I think if we could all do that, look at that limitation and go, that's my weak spot. I probably should be there, but I think it's like you have that fear of failure. You don't want to look. Oh yeah, it's I terrifying. Mean, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to look stupid in front of the people. Yeah, we don't want to look bad. And yeah, you're like, I just want to be cool. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I mean, it's like when I fall on the mats at the gym, everybody laughs just like they laugh when yep. somebody else falls. Like you know, and we all make fun of each other, and it's mm-hmm. that's what climbers do. And same with trying outside. It's like I'll if I whip off of something, you're like, damn, I just you know, there's that failure thing component in your brain where you're like, dang it, you know, I should have been able to do that. Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's not your day. But I think that the fear of failure kind of left me more where I was like, you know what, it's, it is what it is. And, and plus nobody wants to laugh at a guy with one leg. I mean, that's horrible. You <laughs> can't do that. Um, you know, people are just more, I think, in tune with, oh, he's sorting it out. And and Cindy's watched me do it over the years now where she's just like, yeah, you just sort it out and figure it out and then you make it work. And there's some routes I look at and I'm like, you know what? I may never be able to do that route, but. Yeah. Have there been routes that you've tried at this point and failed on? Yeah, there's one, um, there's one up in the park that I want to go back to mm-hmm. um, called Rusty's Pillars. And I did the first free ascent of it, and I went up and looked at it. Was that pre? Pre-accident, okay. yeah. So I went up there and looked at it, and I was like, man, it, I think that would be a bad idea. I'm just not sure. So I'm not, like, one of the things I recognize as a limitation for me, and I think most climbers do, is we don't want to take a big screaming fall into 
to, yeah. to a bad landing. Yeah. So like highball bouldering, not super psyched yep. on it now. Um, I still do a bit of it, but like I'm very picky about what I'm gonna do. Sure. Whereas this climb, it's got really, it's a hand crack up to a very smooth kind of facey thing that moves off these crystals, which is typical of Lumpy Ridge. Yeah. And um, it has one pre-placed nut that I did on Repel, put this nut in a hole. And I think the nut would hold, maybe, but it's a, it's a brassy, so it's pretty, it's a number three brassy mm-hmm. actually. And I was like, man, if I rip that and I take that ride, what's that gonna be like? And then I was like, I don't know that it's worth doing that. And, but that, that climb always sits in the back of my brain, like, do you wanna go do it? And I might just go, cause I could throw a top rope on it and just see if I could actually do the moves. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. What about yep. just top roping it? You know? Which is what I'm going up on uh, about three weeks with a buddy of mine from Denver. And I was like, I just wanna, I just wanna look. I don't, I'm not saying I'm gonna send or anything. I'm just saying, curious. That's how I've done this whole little yeah. trip is just like, I'm just curious what, like, what that's gonna be like. Can I do that? Can I not do that? Um, it's like climbing on any stone. You're just like, maybe I can do the moves, maybe I can't. Yeah, and I think we put a little too much emphasis on shaming the top rope. Oh, I know. know, yeah. Uh, and and the stick clip and the, right. you know, things like that. I, I get looks from people at the red sometimes when I <laughs> stick clip the second bolt on something, you know, and it, it might be 512 and I've climbed considerably harder than that. Right. But, you know, I don't want to hit the ground if something goes wrong and something can go wrong at any moment. Absolutely. So I'm totally okay with people looking at me funny for a top rope or whatever. And I'm like, hey, man, if I'm trying to figure something out, I don't, especially on a trad line, it's yeah. like, you know, I'm going to sort it out as good as I can before I commit to like maybe getting hurt because I don't want to get hurt. And like like you said, something goes wrong all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. st- that happens all the time. So rocks break and feet slip off or whatever happens, you know. I mean, I've, I was climbing uh, at Vita Vu and yeah. kicked my whole leg off once. I almost <laughs> killed my belayer. I was like <laughs> swung through and I was like, I yelled rock because that was the first thing that came into my head. And he ducked and this thing just tomahawked right past him and i'm like god that's <laughs> oh, no. different like it's like what the hell was that and i'm like that was my foot can i have that back and i mean so new risks that you never new risks about. man yeah. stuff stuff can happen so yeah i'm i'm all about top rope stick clips i mean yeah absolutely yeah love stick clips actually our son just broke our stick clip i almost cried <laughs> like, oh god we had to get that fixed uh, ground him that's right that's right <laughs> totally so speaking of your son and and your kids they were they were fairly young when the accident mm-hmm. happened. Two and four. How much did being an example to them play into what you were doing? And I think it you know it doesn't have to be family necessarily. It could right. be your climbing partners or your just the tribe in general. Uh, it definitely goes into my head to to be an example. Yeah, I think. So initially it was uh, more just a survival thing. Like I gotta gotta just get through this because I don't want them to not have a dad. You know, I wanna be functioning so that they're understanding that I'm their dad. 100%. Um, So once I got through that initial, I guess just the holy shit clause, you're like, okay, now what? And so then it became more, not that I thought I want them to look at this and go, wow, that's cool, my dad does that. Cause they've just always known me as this person with a missing leg and who's a climber you know that's what my dad does I wanted them as I as as I was doing things to just look at me and say not that he overcame because I'm not real huge on that word Uh but more that he did what he 
was passionate about because yeah. that's really all we want them to do. That you just kept going. Yeah, that you know you're gonna you know you're gonna hit bumps in the road. I mean, I hit a bump in the road, and you got it. You're either gonna go around it or you're gonna let it bury you. And I went around it, and so you can do the same thing. I mean, anyone, no one's gonna skate through unharmed. You know, we all get tore up in some form, so emotionally, physically, whatever it is. And for me, it was both. You know, because when you get hurt, you have the emotional side and you have the physical side. The physical side is actually, I think, easier to heal. Definitely. Because you just bolt it back together, you know, or in my case, you cut it off and then you move on. Whereas your brain doesn't shut down. Your brain's just like, oh my gosh, what the heck just happened? And so I think you have to sort that out. And and I wanted them to be able to look at me and say, you know what? He figured it out and he continued down the path of what he was passionate about. And I think if they do that in their life, then that makes me and Cindy very happy because then, you know, it's a life well lived instead of just, you know, and, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but like, you know, sitting in a cubicle, living in a subdivision. I mean, all those things that, that are fine for some people, they just yep. were never my passion. It's just not for you. Just not for me. And same with Cindy, it's just not for her. And so we want them to embrace that more than anything. And obviously we'd love to be a life outside because that's what we think is great. I mean, climbing is, is my mechanism to be outside Mm -hmm. um but it's mostly the draw to be outside is what keeps me there so yeah and i think that's cool you know i've as a parent myself Mm -hmm. and i've always tried to parent by example and that example doesn't have to be over the top it doesn't have to be huge really really what you want your kids to learn uh, or anyone who's watching you is that whatever setback it was didn't change you that you're still the same person you were and you're still going to keep moving forward the way you were moving forward. And I think that is something that the climbing tribe does really well. I mm-hmm. think they watch you initially after an injury like mine, and they just want to see what's going to happen, yeah. just out of curiosity. But then as it progresses and as time passes by, they just want to see if you're the same person. And I always say, I don't I don't want to be treated like a disabled climber. I don't want to be treated anything special. I just want to be treated like a climber, just like anybody else. Yeah, you know, and you I'm, definitely exemplify that at the crag. You know, when we've been, yeah, when I've been at the just, crag around just you, climber. If, if you're wearing pants and no one tells the people around, no, they would never know. For sure. And that's how I've always wanted it to be. I just wanted to be the climber that I always was. Yep. And I think that you said something early on when we were chatting before we started about um, your daughter seeing both sides of things and, yeah. and being able to see this very um, normal, quote unquote, life mm-hmm. or this, what I guess some people would say is like an alternative approach. Yeah, um, Yours being the alternative, other people's being the more mm-hmm. regular. Um, I think it's really important to be able to say to your kids, these two things exist yeah. and you should know Whichever that. Whichever one you choose Absolutely. is okay. And it might be a hybrid, I don't know, but it, you you should know that that stuff's out there because if you then you if you don't, then I probably haven't done my job as a parent right? because um, I'm supposed to be educating you and showing you those things. So I think that then they can make up their own mind, which is, that's really cool too to see. But um, I think being able to show them the different aspects of life, that's super valuable. Yeah, no doubt. So do you still... You know, you talked about having that the mental or the psychological, emotional challenges were tougher than the physical challenges. And it sounded like you, you know, you initially after the accident worked through some of the emotional challenges and then the physical challenges became sort of front and center. Yeah. Um, 
are, are you still having these emotional, psychological challenges while you climb? Uh, it depends. Like I'll go a year with nothing, like where I'll, I can just charge and be psyched. But every now and again, I'll be on a cliff somewhere and it'll be, I couldn't even tell you why. It's just yeah. something hits me funny and it's and it kind of rattles me to the core almost where sure. I'm just like, I, I shouldn't be climbing right now. And I'll just pack it in. I used to fight it. I used to be like, no, I'm not going to back down. And then that just scared me more. And it's, mm -hmm. it's not like a fear of, it, it's more of a, sometimes I get this thing where I'm just like afraid I'm going to get hurt again. Cause that's sure. like the worst nightmare for me. It's just like, God, I don't ever want to get hurt that bad again. Yeah. And I broke my foot, uh, probably three years ago, bouldering, but I literally fell six inches off a boulder. I was feeling yep. holes and popped off and hit a sharp rock mm. and broke one of the outside bones on my, on my real foot. And I was like, it, it didn't freak me out, but it did really make me concerned. Like, God, you know, I, I break, that's right. I break yeah. pretty damn easy too. And yep. so some days, every now and again, I'll just have this kind of, not a flashback, but just like a very overpowering feeling of, you shouldn't be here right now. And maybe you should go down and I go down. So it doesn't matter where I'm going. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Um, Cindy, I climb with Cindy most of the time anyway. And she knows, she can see it when it happens. She's just like, your whole personality changes. It's just like, I get kind of dark and it just feels weird. Mm. And if I back off it the next day, it's usually gone. Then I can get right back on whatever I was doing. But- um, That's pretty important. Every now and again. Yeah. I think if you, I think you, I know guys who can push past that and I, I'm amazed by that. I'm well, not and I one think of those there guys. are things that you push past, but mm -hmm. you're but you're recognizing that this is one of those things you don't you shouldn't push right. past. Because you know when you're like you pull on a route and you're you're nervous, like you're yeah. you're a little bit scared. You're yep. little, that that's I think really valuable actually because yeah. it keeps you heightened. This is not that feeling. This is more of feeling of something's going to go bad here. Like if you keep doing what you're doing, you need to get down. And so, you know, it, it's it's never been. It's never been where I like just lose my mind completely. It's more just like this right, over- it's not a freak out. You yeah, just... it's just this very powerful feeling of, this is probably not what I should be doing today. And I'll just come off and go, we'll take a hike or whatever, go eat, um, drink coffee, whatever it is. Just, it's not climbing at that moment. Um, they don't, I used to think, oh, that's gonna get further and further apart, mm -hmm. but that doesn't happen that way. It's kind of like, I had this nerve disorder that flares up every now and again, and so, that I, I always think it's like the nerve disorder. The nerve disorder never gives me a heads up. It's just like all of a sudden, boom, it hits me and it's with me for 24 hours and I can't walk. And then it's gone that quick. Man. Like I take these drugs and then boom, it's gone. And so that feeling is the same way. It'll be there and then all of a sudden it's not. And I'm like, okay, right as rain, here we go. And then I can go back out and do whatever I was gonna do. So it's very, I wish I could kind of, figure out what the trigger was because it's it's like a trigger if something gets in my brain. Do you think I, you listened to your your body and your, you know, were you aware of yourself this much pre-accident? So here's a here's a spooky one. When we walked out to the cliff the day I got hurt, yeah. I had that feeling. I was and you walking just ignored it. and I was like, nah, I'm just nervous. I'm just nervous because I've not been on this route. It's a big route. This is we were going to do this long six pitch route first. And I was like, it's a big route. I'm just nervous. I'm going to just swallow this. And I, I was climbing really bad when I, the first two pitches, I was climbing terrible. I was like super jerky and over gripping everything. And mm -hmm. 
And that, that feeling I get is the exact same feeling I had that day. And so I, I know somewhere in my brain, my brain's like, remember what happened? So you should be paying attention to this. Not yeah. that I think I'm going to get hurt like that again, but I also don't want to get hurt again. So I just, I've learned to like, okay, when I have that particular feeling, which is a very particular feeling, yeah, that's when I shut it down and just go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to move on. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think that goes back to the most important part of all of this is just to be mindful of what you're doing right and to listen to your intuition you know and you know after the accident your intuition was i just need to get back to this you know and that's what you did and when your intuition says i shouldn't be up here you come down and i think that's a pretty smart pretty healthy mature way to approach things and it's it's like training it's like when i train there are some days i can train hard yeah, right? exactly. And Some then there's days other you days you're like, nah, I'm not. Yeah, you just, you go to open your car door and you're like, yeah, I guess I'm not going to train today because I yeah. can barely push the button. So yep. I we, think- We use listen, the hashtag, we build machines, yeah. you know, but but I tell my people all the time, like, you're you're not a robot. You're not a machine. Right. If, if you're not feeling it, it's better off to take a rest day and come back when you are feeling good. Because you, you do, you'll actually do good then. You know, if you go in and just halfway kind of phone it in, that's usually when I get hurt anyway. That's when I tweak my fingers or my elbow or whatever, you know, whatever yep. it is. Yeah. Well, I know you need to get your son somewhere. So no worries. I'll let you get to it. But I appreciate you inviting me in and Absolutely. hanging pleasure, out for man. a while. And this was great. So my pleasure. Thank I'll you. I'll talk for having to you again me. some other time. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, thanks, Craig. You bet. If you ever get the chance to participate in an event with Craig or have a conversation with him at the Crag, you should absolutely do that. You'll walk away inspired. Not necessarily because he's an amputee climbing hard things. You'll forget all about that. You'll be inspired by the genuine kindness and excitement for climbing and desire to learn and improve that he just can't help but impart. At the blog post for this episode, you'll find all of the links to find Craig online, some of the excellent videos and podcasts that tell his story, and a link to buy his book, After the Fall. You'll also find thousands of articles, training plans, courses, and products that can help you become a better climber. We recently overhauled the website to make it easier to navigate all of that advice, so check it out. And you can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Power Company Climbing. You can also find us on that new thing, Threads. We're going to see how that goes. But you won't find us on Twitter because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles.